to the Prophecy Club. Today we are going to be talking about environmentalism and communism in Bible prophecy. What? Really? Wait a minute. Environmentalism and prophecy? Yep. Communism and prophecy? Sad to say, yes. Now, I've got several things, several different directions to talk to you about today. But essentially, the greatest single, how should I say, the greatest single enemy that America as a nation faces, specifically the capitalism in America faces, is communism. Communism either destroys capitalism or capitalism destroys communism. The two can't exist in the same room. One or the other. you got to have either capitalism or communism. And when we try to mix them, and capitalist countries seem to be mixing a lot of communism with it, and communist countries then try to be a little capitalistic. They try to do a little bit of both. And, of course, at the end of the day, the communists either destroy the capitalists or vice versa. So we're going to talk about that as it relates to Bible prophecy. And I'm going to go to, uh, first of all, the most favorite thing that I trust, obviously, would be the King James Bible. Number two would be Dimitri Dudeman. And number three would be my wife, Leslie. So this is one from Leslie. It was given Sunday, 3-23-08. Now, have to understand, while she's given 5,000 prophecies, most of those are personal prophecies. She is probably given, I'm going to say, less than 50 prophecies at the front of the room, like during praise and worship. But this was one that came that way. And she says, I hear the Lord saying, and believe me, when our congregations hear her say that, we shut up and listen. Because we know this is God talking, okay? I hear the Lord saying, Do not be looking at my earth, the way it's being portrayed today. I am the creator of your earth and universe. I hear my people crying out for green, but I, the Lord God, will soon be pouring out red. I see death. Many churches who say my name have begun to worship the Antichrist's spirits. They worship something other than me, those who are seeing the earth and the things of the earth as God will be destroyed. Yes, my earth is crying out from pollution, but it's not pollution from what mankind is doing, but from the sins of mankind being soaked into my earth. I'm beginning to flood different parts of this nation to show you. The sins of this nation need to be cleansing. I want to cleanse them as the floods come you will see dark residue left on the buildings, and it will be decay on your buildings. A line will mark where evil was, a sign my floods came to wash. If the floods do not cleanse this land of its sins, then I will send fire. Now, let's pause just a second. Okay, so is that happening? Absolutely. All sorts of storms and flooding and hurricanes and tornadoes, and it's God trying to cleanse our nation of the sins. And, of course, if that doesn't stop us, eventually it will be the morning star returning, and he will return on trumpets with the morning star, and that's the judgment by fire. Let's go on. The redness of the blood is coming on this land because the sins have not been removed. My people, do not turn and worship other gods and begin to say my name when you're doing things that are not of me. Many in this nation are worshiping pagan gods. Do not come to my church and worship pagan gods. There are many huge buildings that have the name of Christ, but will fall to the ground and be destroyed. I want you to be strong in me. My earth is crying out from your sins going into the ground. 
Let not the earth be polluted by you. Repent today of those things you have done and wash yourself clean. Let there be cleansing, a renewing of your mind. Don't be caught up in the cares of the world, for the world is crying green, but I will show them red. I will show them blood. Do not be caught up in worshiping my creation. Rise up and worship me, the creator. (laughs) I thought, man, oh boy, that was right on. So again, we're talking about environmentalism. And when I say environmentalism, most people think, oh, well, you know, you got to be kind to Mother Nature and you got to understand that the ice caps are melting. That's what they're talking about with environmentalism. But you see, environmentalism and communism are really two things that walk hand in hand. So I've got a couple of quotes from you. We're going to talk about that in light of Bible prophecy today. This is from Winston Churchill. He says, I contend that for a nation to try to tax itself into prosperity is like a man standing in a bucket and trying to lift himself up by the handle. So when you see this AOC say that we need to tax people at a 70% rate, what she's saying is that, well, we can make people more prosperous by taking from the rich and giving to the poor. Well, now here's the thing. A nation that tries to eliminate the wealthy people eliminates all of the wealth. In other words, what the elite are really wanting to do is see that there are no people that have a whole lot of money so that they can rule everybody. You see, in the case of Trump, it was because he had the money to go out and fight them is the reason he could be elected in so many ways because he was more respected, because he was successful. He had the money to back his campaign. He didn't have to go out and beg. He didn't have to be beholden to someone because they gave him money, you see. Well, I don't like that. They like to see people beholden to them. They like to control people. So the way to do that is to remove the wealthy by taxing the wealthy. Now that you understand, let's move on. George Bernard Shaw said, A government which robs Peter to pay Paul can always depend on the support of Paul. (laughs) In other words, you're always going to have people that say, yeah, give me free money. (laughs) A liberal is someone who feels a great debt to his fellow man. Which debt he proposes to pay off with your money. That's G. Gordon Liddy, meaning... What we want to do when we hear people saying, oh, well, we've got these people down here and these immigration people and they're drinking from toilets. Okay, well, that's not exactly accurate because the way what they're really saying is it's a very modern toilet. It's a stainless steel toilet. It's actually very durable. It's actually very clean. And the top part of it is simply like a water fountain. It's like where they can wash their hands so that it's more efficient. It's only being bringing one pipe into and out of the prison cell. It's efficiency. They're not drinking from the toilet bowl, but she makes it seem that way, you see. This is from James Bovard. He says, Democracy must be something more than two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for dinner. Well, that's kind of what a lot of times the Democrats are doing. And I'm not saying the Democrats are the bad guys anymore. I'm saying the Republicans are the good guys. I'm saying that the good guys are those people that love Jesus, have Jesus in their heart, and follow him and his laws and his leading. And unfortunately, that's not all of the Republicans. But I don't know of a... (laughs) I don't know... I don't know of a good Democrat. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, the closer you get to God, the more you say, what are you thinking? 
compared to these Democrats. Okay, so anyway, let's move along. P.J. O'Rourke says, Giving money and power to government is like giving whiskey and car keys to teenage boys. In other words, they're going to do something wrong with it. P.J. O'Rourke also says, If you think health care is expensive now, wait until you see what it costs when it is free. Now, I have a little bit of experience in this because I was like most of you out there. For many years, I had health insurance, and I was afraid to go without health insurance. But in the year 2000, things fell apart at Prophecy Club, and we got into some really hard times. And I know it was all just a test from God to see if we would stay the course, to see if we would quit and go get another job. We wouldn't have to put up with all this mess. But all these years, we've stayed the course through thick and thin, and we believe the day is going to arrive that God is going to bless us again. I think I'm a poet and don't even know it. <laughs> anyway, so in the year 2000, things got so difficult financially for us that I had to drop insurance. Uh, not just for me, but all of the staff members, we just simply could not afford it. It was costing us $2,000 a month for the staff we had at the time and just could not do it. Well, these 19 years, I have had no health insurance. And I can tell you that I think it has been better. I don't want health insurance. Don't give it to me. I don't want it. Now, let me tell you what I've discovered. I go to the doctor, and the first question they ask me is, what's your name and your DOB? The second question I get is, who is your insurance? And I used to be kind of felt like I was a second-class citizen when I said, well, I don't have any insurance. But now... I'm happy to say I don't have any insurance, but I do have a credit card, and I'll pay for whatever I need to pay for here before I leave today. And one time, I got this big thing that came on my arm. It was a big infection. I had to spend three days in the hospital. And you know what? God took care of that. He really did. In other words, I, and here's another thing I found. I found that, like one time, I had to have an MRI. So they said, well, you don't have any insurance. Yes. But I have a credit card. And they said, well, okay, since you don't have insurance, then you need to call this number. And so they hooked me up with a different group that does the MRIs, and the MRIs cost me $300. But if I'd had insurance, they were going to car charge the insurance company $1,300. Okay, now you might be saying, well, it didn't cost you the $1,000 extra. Well, wait a minute. Yes, it did too. Do you think that insurance company is going to lose money? No, they're not. So directly or indirectly, it was going to cost me more money. And it's been my experience. Now, this is for me personally, and at least for me, I don't want insurance. Uh, my insurance is in the Lord Jesus. And I will walk clean before him. And matter of fact, I, I told him years ago, I said, Lord, I will die for you, but I do not want to go in surgery. I do not ever want to have to have surgery. I'll just die first. Either you protect me or I'll just simply die. Uh, but I'm not going to have surgery. Now, I know that may seem like maybe not the right attitude, but I'm just saying I am not one. I do not want, if I had $10 million in the bank, I do not want health insurance. I will pay for what I use. I guess that's pure capitalism. Let's go on to the next one. Winston Churchill says, the inherent vice of capitalism is the unequal sharing of the blessings. The inherent blessing of socialism is the equal sharing of misery. I've heard it said this way. 
Capitalism is the unequal distribution of wealth. Communism is the equal distribution of poverty. Let me say it again. Capitalism is the unequal distribution of wealth. Communism is the equal distribution of poverty. See, communism wants everyone to be on the same level, and that is poverty-stricken. Whereas capitalism, yeah, some people are sleeping on the streets, and some people are in mansions. Some people are in high-rise office buildings. But that's capitalism. But here's the thing. If you go and interview some of those people street is sleeping on the streets, you'll find that they can't hold jobs. Well, why can't they hold jobs? Well, as a pastor, I have to deal with these people. And so I've got to know a lot of them. And in most cases, they're sleeping on, not all, but in most cases, they're sleeping on the street because they can't hold a job. Why can't they hold a job? Because they fried their brains with drugs. Let me give you an example. Years ago, we had this guy. He was homeless. And some of the people from the congregation brought him in, him and his girlfriend. And they started, well, he accepted Jesus. So we, and started becoming part of the church. So we helped him get cleaned up. We helped them to move in with some people. And we helped them to, to get rid of the scabies and the lice out of their hair. Uh, he cut his hair real short, short in order to get rid of it. And the, the women can tell you some horror stories of what it took to get the girl cleaned up. They weren't married, uh, and we got them, their heart cleaned up, and Jesus in their heart, and they finally got married. This guy still, though, he never had a job. So he comes up to me one day, and he's, and I said, look, man, I said, Tony, I said, you know, look, you, get, you need to get a job, okay? You need to get a job. That's the way to do it, okay? He said, and he looked, and with tears in his eyes, he said, Pastor, he said, you don't understand. I want a job. And tears came to his eyes. He said, I want a job more than you can possibly imagine. I want to work. I want to feel the joy of being able to contribute. I want to feel the joy of being able to stand on my own two feet, to provide, to buy my own meals, to buy my own place to sleep. I want that. I want that so bad. And tears are rolling down his cheeks. And I thought, what, what, what is this? He said, but I can't hold a job. He said, I get a job flipping burgers. He said, but it only lasts a day or two. He said, because my brain just won't work and I make so many mistakes, they tie the can to me. They kick me out the door. I want to work. He said, I've tried job after job after job, but they all tie the can to me. All right, now, hang on. Why is that happening? Okay, yes, fine. The guy fried his brain doing math or who knows what it was. He told me at the time, but you know, I could care less. I don't, I don't know what all those drugs are. I don't really want to know. Okay. It's not my thing. He fried his brain, but see, here's the thing. I know a lot of people are saying, well, we need to go to $15 an hour minimum wage. Well, I think at the time the minimum wage was like $7. What they're saying is he's not worth $7. In my opinion, what the government should do is get out of business Stop telling people the minimum wage, the minimum they can pay people. Because if they would, then there could be businesses that could step up and say, Tony, you're not able to flip burgers. You make too many mistakes. But we need some people mopping up. We need some people cleaning the parking lot and getting the gum off of the, the concrete. It, it, we're not going to pay you $7 an hour, but, but we'll pay you $2 an hour or $3 an hour. Because that way, the business owner 
it can be like a ministry to him. He, yeah, okay, fine. He knows he's given the guy money that he's not really earning. Fine. Fine. Okay, that's fine. But he's helping. The business owner can help the guy. But when they come up with $7 an hour, he's either got to hire him for 7 or nothing. Okay, well, we can't pay him 7 because he he's not worth 7 Okay, we're a businessman. We're a business owner. We've got to make the business bank a profit or there's not going to be a business. So it's 7 or nothing. Whereas if there was no minimum wage... Then they could sell, you know, Tony, look, we're going to start you off $2. You know, if you get it down, maybe we go to $3. Okay, fine. You know, I know that some of the bleeding heart liberals would say, yeah, well, that's not a wage. Well, look, he would say, I'd rather have 2 or $3 and stand on my own feet and be able to bring something home to put on the table before my wife than to say I'm unemployed and just stand in line with my hand out. Because I can tell you as a minister, the most degrading thing in the world is have to stand and line and beg. Nobody likes it. Those people in those tents don't like it. They don't like having to beg. They really want jobs, but they're not worth the minimum wage. So if the government ever calls me and says, what do you think I ought to do? If you want to solve that homeless, there are several things you need to do, but one of the things is get rid of the minimum wage. Let the business owner... Pay them what they're worth. He'll pay them as much as he can. He'll help them get along. He'll help them. Okay, so fine. The, the first day, he's scraping bubble gum off the concrete outside the business. And then two or three weeks later, maybe he's mopping. And it might be the best he can do is just count the moss as they swarm around the lights. And you're going to get 50 cents an hour for watching the moths. Okay, I mean... Okay, you're, we're going to give you 50 cents an hour so you can stand here and make certain that no birds get off and, and eat my crops out there. What, what's he doing? He's really giving the guy some money. But the guy can then go home and feel like he's worth something. Nobody likes to be a beggar. Nobody wants to stand there with their hand out. What they really want is help. And if they would remove the minimum wage, in other words, this communism stuff, no good. And a minimum wage, that's communism. In other words, let the people do and pay what they want to do and pay. Because capitalism will cause the business owner to pay a fair going wage. And if you don't pay me enough, then the guy down the street will. Okay, And that's what it's supposed to be. So as you can tell, I heard it this way. You remember the story of the little red hen? Well, this is similar to that. <clears throat> I heard it said this way. If you want to eat in the harvest, plant in the spring. Thanksgiving says what I want to say. Now, you can't find this on the Internet now. They've removed it. But when I was in school, this was actually in the textbooks. I remember it. And when the pilgrims came over, the first year they thought, all right, we're going to be like the first century Christians. We're going to keep everything common. And everybody is going to put all of their food that they brought in on the ships all together, and we're going to divide that out. And we're going to share everything. Well, that winter, several of them froze to death because they did not have enough food. So the next spring, they said, uh, this is no good. We're going to do it this way. Here's the way it's going to work. Nobody is going to share anything. If you want to eat in the harvest, plant in the spring. No one is going to be sharing anything. And as a result... The people had to go out and actually work for themselves, and the harvest was so bountiful 
they called a big celebration. And, of course, today we call it Thanksgiving. Well, that's capitalism. And I think that that is basically God saying that at least for America, at least for this nation, he doesn't want communism. He wants capitalism. Thomas Jefferson said, A government big enough to give you everything you want is also big enough to take everything you have. Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Let me read that again. If any would not work, neither should he eat. See, that's the Christian way. That's capitalism. For we hear that some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we're commanding you by the name of Jesus, he's saying. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Uh, that's not AOC. <laughs> that's not the commune. You don't want to talk about what, What's her name? AOC, Cortez or something. Aesop says, we hang the petty thieves and appoint the great ones to public office. So what happens when you have communism is the, the worst of the thieves, the most corrupt individuals are the ones that get put in public office and they are stealing your money. The five best sentences concerning capitalism and communism, you cannot legislate the poor into prosperity by legislating the wealthy out of prosperity. Of course, that's, again, your 70% tax on rich. If we remove the rich people, matter of fact, you want to know a good way to kill a nation? Try to kill the rich people. <laughs> if you kill the rich people, if you take all their money away, then everybody's poor. What one person receives without working for Another person must work for without receiving. I think that's what you call welfare, right? You know, $15 an hour, minimum wage. The government cannot give to anybody anything that the government first does not take away from someone else. You cannot multiply wealth by dividing it. When half of the people get the idea they do not have to work because the other half is going to take care of them, and when the other half gets the idea that it does not do any good to work because somebody else is going to take it away from them, that nation falls. In other words, communism throughout the generations, many languages, many skin colors, many different positions on the globe, many different times throughout communism's history, it always fails with one exception. And that is when God is holding it up to be a destructive force to the capitalist, or in this case, specifically the Christian country. In other words, the only nation that has prospered, in my opinion, as a capitalist nation has been Russia. And that is because God is raising Russia up to be a destructive force against the Christian nation of America because every nation that falls away from God shall suffer. Guess who said this? Progressives are leading us to fascism. Pro progressivism is a cancer in America. George, I'm going to tell you who said this one up front, George Soros. Now, if you don't know that name, George Soros is, my opinion, probably about the worst of the bad guys. He wants to destroy everything Christian. He wants to build a world government. 
and he's going to be the first one in line to fall down and taste that mark of the beast and swear that this is the man of God when he sees the beast. He says, The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. Let me read it again. The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. See, because we're the last Christian nation. All the rest of them have already fallen. And when America falls, yeah, we'll get a world government. We might start getting a world government even before we fall. Pull this off the internet. 45 declared goals of communism. This was actually read into the congressional record in 1963. And as I read through this, you're going to say, wow, well, they've actually achieved some of these goals. Yes, they have. Their number one goal is U.S. acceptance of coexistence as the only alternative to atomic war. In other words, we got to be communists or they're going to blow us out of the water. Two, U.S. willingness to capitulate in preference to engaging in atomic war. We have to go along with the communists or they'll destroy us. Kind of the same thing. But Revelation 17, 17 says, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and to give the kingdom unto the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled. Meaning that God will force America into doing what he wants done and all the rest of the world until eventually these kingdoms, all these kings on the earth will all be destroyed, and then Jesus will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Develop the illusion that total disarmament by the United States would be a demonstration of moral strength. Well, says once again, that's Bible. Revelation 17.3 These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. In other words, that's on trumpets when Jesus returns. Number four, permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation, and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. Free trade. Isn't that what China has done over the last 20 or 30 years that has almost destroyed America? Free trade. Isn't that what the EU wants? That's all about Brexit. We've seen how free trade has almost destroyed America. Number five, extension of long-term loans to Russia and Soviet satellites. Yeah, that all happened back in the 60s. Provide American aid to all nations regardless of communist domination. In other words, use the Christians' money to build up their opposition. Seven, grant recognition of Red China and admission of Red China to the UN. And those of you are probably saying today is, I thought she was one of the founding members. Well, not actually, but she is one of the permanent members today. So that obviously happened a long time ago. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. 
Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. Now you can donate to the Prophecy Club on your mobile device. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Message and data rates may apply. You can also listen to the Prophecy Club anytime on Alexa, Google Home, and YouTube. Just say, Alexa, play Prophecy Club. Our websites are prophecyclub.com, watchprophecyclub.com, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, and a Prophecy Club has been a blessing to you. And if God has blessed you, when it comes time for your giving, please remember Prophecy Club. It's summertime. We really could use your help now. Thank you, and God bless. Help the Prophecy Club to continue and overcome evil with the truth. Help us take the warning to America. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today.